Welcome to Sew and Tell, where sewists from fashion theater and indie sewing bring their different perspectives to the hottest topics in the sewing community. I'm Meg Healy. And I'm Amanda Carestio. Kate is out this week, but she will be joining us next time. Today on the podcast, we are talking about charity sewing, and we have a very special guest, Days for Girls CEO and founder Celeste Mergens. It's going to be such an inspiring conversation. I can just feel it. Then we'll share a little something in our Sojo segment, and we'll answer a listener question. And before we hop in, Meg, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah, just kind of... Getting my sewing mojo bit a bit back. It was gone for a little while, but now I um, definitely back. Last night I sewed a new like house coat, and like it was this nice printed rayon that's like luxurious. And Whoa. I'm just uh, yeah. So I've just been sewing a lot of things that I could just bored of my home clothes. I just want to glam it up a bit. Yeah, yeah. I I'm hearing that from a lot of people, and I'm finding it too. I don't know what happened, but I'm definitely feeling a little bit more inspired. Mm-hmm. I sewed a seasonally inappropriate <laughs> bathing suit bottom last night. Finally, I mean, the end of summer, perfect time to sew a swimsuit, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, we'll have a couple of more hot weeks here in Colorado, so I'll get to use it. But I don't really care. It was on my it was on my to do list this summer, and I'm happy that I got to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, even in September, you can go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It gets, it gets, yeah, it stays pretty warm here well into, you know, September. And for me, I could use, when I go home to visit my parents, they have a hot tub. So all year round is I can make and wear a swimsuit. (laughs) I love that. I just, it's now it's my excuse to get in a hot tub. I like it. (laughs) Sometime this winter. I'm going to make it happen. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, let's let's hop into this conversation. Yeah, oh, I'm so excited. I just know this is going to be such a good conversation. I've been on the website uh, educating myself, and I can't wait to talk to her. Mm-hmm. It's good, good work. Yeah. Welcome to the show, Celeste. We are so glad to have you on today. Looking forward to spending this time with you. Awesome. Well, um, let me just start by saying that Charity sewing has always been an important part of the sewing community. And I Mm -hmm. kind of love that about our community. There's always just impulse to do good and to use our skills for good in the world. And I do think that many younger sewists may have gotten their first taste of that sewing masks for the pandemic and for quarantine. And Mm -hmm. I know that for me personally, in that moment, that felt really good because it was a moment where there was literally nothing you could do except for maybe this one thing that that helped people and it felt really good and so satisfying but i also have so many complicated feelings about the pandemic it's hard to think about doing it again just because mm. it's been it's a big experience so with that being said i really i i think there are so many wonderful useful fulfilling outlets uh, for sewers and Days for Girls is one of them. So let's Definitely. let's talk a little bit about your organization. We actually ran a feature in Sew News in 2020 about Days for Girls and all the important Thank work you. that you do. But for listeners who might not be as familiar with, with your organization, can you tell us a little bit about Days for Girls, the work that you do, where you do it, a little bit about the impact? Let's start there. Fabulous. 
Days for Girls started in 2008, and we help make sure that girls, women, and menstruators all over the world have access to menstrual care products that they can count Mm -hmm. on month after month, and that it always comes with education, which helps dispel all the myths and shame and stigma that is faced in some communities. You can't even be with your family when you're menstruating. You're considered untouchable. So this washable menstrual kit, which is beautiful cloth and made with love in every stitch, actually also opens doors to conversations that really leave inequity and even shame and danger for women. It's so amazing that something you can hold in your hand that's soft and comfortable actually shifts the very way women are seen in their communities. I didn't even know this was an issue until 2008. Mm, when yeah, I right. learned that girls were sitting in their rooms in an orphanage that had, after post-election violence, had way too many girls in each room. And there were girls sitting, sharing two to three on levels of about 50 girls in a room, and they were waiting in their room during their cycles. And I asked, how, how do they do that? And it turned out they were sitting in their rooms on pieces of cardboard for days. We provided disposable Mm. single-use products first, but if you have need of food in a crisis or an orphanage or need fuel for a job to get to a job interview and you're choosing between pad and food or pad and fuel, fuel is going to win. Food is going to win. So we made the first washable pads. And today, Days for Girls, because of volunteer sewers, because of volunteer supporters and enterprises, which we can talk about later, we have reached 2.3 million women and girls in 144 continents on countries on six continents. That's amazing. That's yeah. That's, that's so inspiring and amazing. Yeah, that's some powerful sewing right there. I, that's about yes, powerful sewing for sure. Really powerful sewing. That's, that's so awesome. I think for me, as a sewer, as a woman, mm-hmm. I think the mission and the the education aspect of what you do, and also kind of addressing the stigma, it hits home on so many different levels of my identity and my passion um, Mm -hmm. and my uh, desire to help. Do you hear that a lot from your volunteers? Oh, absolutely. What's so beautiful about this is that there are a lot of things that are hard to change in the world. You can get really discouraged, especially during a pandemic, but anytime you hear all these horrific things happening and you're like, what can I do? So being able to do something that's so direct and so effective. And these pads are proving to last two to four years, some as many as five, and by reports of those that they're reaching. So imagine that something you make, you can literally know is in the hands of someone that needed it, and you've given them their days back. Check. You actually can Mm -hmm. change the way women and girls see themselves in their community in such a direct way with your own two hands. It is powerful to know that even if you make one, that's one person who had more dignity, more health, and have yeah. more opportunity. Yeah. It's amazing. I I love that. I also I love that it's you know it's actually it's a really sustainable option. Yes, as that's, well. Uh-huh. That's what going through my mind as well too. What's amazing is you know how we 
sewist love to be precise. Like you're, it's, it's this beautiful challenge to make it as perfect as you can. Probably not all of us, but many of us. Right. And so I've been sewing since I was eight. <laughs> and, um, and, and so imagine that the first Ace for Girls kit was a terrible design. And I can say that I designed it, but we learned from them. <laughs> <laughs> And we ask questions, but imagine you have hundreds and then thousands and then tens of thousands of volunteers. And you're saying that old way we used to make the kits, that that pad needs to have a new pattern. And this is why we learned this from the girl. One of the first things we learned is we had ribbons to hold the absorbent part of the pad to the holder called Mm -hmm. a shield that holds it in place. And, and they reported that when they walked, the pad would shift forward and they look like a man. Mm -hmm. Okay, pockets. We're going to need pockets, right? So all along the way we listen today, we've been through 31 iterations and hold two patents because of the wisdom and genius. Now imagine sewers who are precise with their patterns. Many made, you know, acrylic patterns and specialized patterns. and, And then all of a sudden you're like, scrap that. We're going this direction 31 times. And many of the volunteers are still with us after so many changes, which would be so frustrating. And they do that for the sake of those we serve. They don't care Uh about credit, about the shifts. And and let's be honest, there are a whole lot of things you could do as a sewer that really matter, that are a little bit sexy, ironically, making things that little children can hold at the hospital, making things that people go, oh, so imagine you're in the line at a fabric store and they say, what is all the fabric for? And they say, well, I'm making menstrual kits so girls can have them who would go without. Not everybody has that courage. So the Days for Girls supporters are absolutely impossible, wonderful individuals who would talk to complete strangers about periods. They are the force that has made menstrual equity a conversation all over this planet. We have chapter leaders in UK. We have chapters and organizations in Canada, UK, New Zealand, um, United States, all over the planet. And they are the force yeah. that makes sure the conversation and the solutions keep growing in reach. I love that. I mean, I, I think that I can see that, you know, that moment in the craft store when you're picking up your fabric is also an opportunity to have a conversation and think about the stigma, you know, here in the U.S. and how and and perhaps in Canada too, Meg, Uh about those. Those things are hard to talk about. And gosh, they're like so much a part of our lives. It's it doesn't necessarily make sense. Yeah. And even just going, I remember as you know, when you first start your period, it's like so much even shame just going to the pharmacy and getting mm-hmm. menstrual products, even just for yeah. your for yourself. Yeah. So even just in the fabric store, just, you know, saying what well, I think that's a great place for conversation and just mm-hmm. getting the shame out of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that conversation you have is so yeah. huge because there is shame for some incredible reason. We would rather talk about diarrhea than menstruation. How did that happen, right? All over the world, girls are stigmatized and ashamed. And part of our not being ashamed can help break that cycle of shame and stigma. That's kind of amazing that you have that power. And and honestly, Mm -hmm. without periods, there would be no people. And menstruation is a natural part of being a healthy woman. Absolutely. 
I reread the article in preparation for this conversation, and I was thinking back to this is a total tangent to just about my past. <laughs> I I remember that I had my friend and I started a feminist zine in college as an independent study, and it was literally probably 2002, and I wrote a little pattern for reusable, reusable fabric pads, Ooh. and little did I know that 20 years later, I'd be having this conversation and working in sewing. And I just was like, oh, there's like a little mini just circle, little Venn diagram of my life so far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad it connected us. Yeah. Full cycle. Full cycle. Yes, indeed. Oh, well, I get that. Oh, great pun. <laughs> I just got that. That's our, that's our title, right? It's <laughs> <laughs> perfect. It's perfect. Well, Celeste, I've been, I've just been so inspired just listening to you speak about the work that you do. One, I'm curious if you get to sew for fun anymore (laughs) and if so, what you're sewing and two, what, what inspires you? And also even like that initial inspiration, but what helps you keep going, which I think is, I, I can't imagine that's, that's got to be hard. It's in some moments. Oh, I love sewing. Really love it. I love that you can take little pieces of something and make something totally different. I love that you can have the challenge of double dog daring yourself to put clashing Mm -hmm. things together and make them shine. Uh (laughs) I I just love it. And when Days Mm -hmm. for Girls started, I had this overwhelming feeling that you will not sew for this organization. You must lead. So much so that I I have to like self-talk when I step to the sewing machine and I regularly sew for my grandkids. I make like blessing gowns with little scallops and I I design the pattern myself and customize and fit it to them. And and so I like taking that great care because I totally have permission to do that. But I seldom get the joy of sewing. The thing I'm sewing now is making sure the threads And stitches of people all over the world are woven into pulling women out of poverty and violence and Mm -hmm. recognize their strength. And I get the joy of seeing the phenomenal things uh, sewers continue to make all over the world. Meg and I can definitely sympathize with having this having this be your day job and right. then also doing it for fun and relaxation. And it's it can definitely I don't know. It's a, it's a complicated relationship for sure. I need to just take on that challenge. I need to take on that challenge because for me, you ask what gets me up in the morning. I honestly wake up without an alarm at like 4.30 in the morning. And it's, it's wow. the faces of those we serve. It's knowing that mm. they're able to feel strong and the strength of all their days back. Who gets to do that? Who gets to help yeah. mm-hmm. shift the way women see themselves in the world and have them show up at the table every day, wherever and however they want to show up? I feel like the suffragettes got to vote, rally for votes for women we get to rally for women all over the world to get their days back. And I feel Mm -hmm. so grateful to be part of something that matters that much. And sewing is in my DNA. And so I am so grateful that something so simple and beautiful can be so integral to the way women see themselves. It's such a privilege, but you're right. Mm -hmm. You're right. I need to take my sewing back too. 
Challenge accepted. <laughs> so hard. There you go. I mean, that's that's why I love sewing so much. I think it really is where it intersects with empowering people and making people feel more confident. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and I, that comes up a lot in garment sewing mm-hmm. with our, you know, non all of our non-standard bodies and yep. mm-hmm. how we learn to sew for ourselves and have a better relationship with ourselves and being able to kind of extend that and hand that to someone else just seems kind of amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sewing's the best we've decided. <laughs> I do think you know, track with me and see if you agree with this philosophy. I think that when you have food that's made by someone that loves to cook, you can taste that. And more importantly, I think you can feel it. You can feel that the person that made this just loved what they were doing, right? So I feel like the love and and that how much you love doing the craft and how much you're sending, you know, the hopes that this can transform a life. I feel like that totally counts, that that's literally woven in as you make things that you love. That's my personal theory, which I have yet to prove, but I can feel it and I believe absolutely is true. Oh, I love that metaphor. I, was, I know. I, I didn't know that, that when I go out to eat, I was, why doesn't my food taste that good? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, because I don't like cooking. <laughs> yeah, I really love that. And even as perfectionists, and yeah. um, I could I could see how it, you know, from mass sewing and helping with, you know, these initiatives, it's, it would be easier to kind of let the perfectionism go, you know, if it's, yeah. you know, if it, it does the end use, it, you know, if the stitches are a little, you know, not perfect, it's, you know, it, yeah, made with love. It's not meant to be perfect. It's made to be yeah. use, useful, utilized. Util- yeah. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I love that kind of sewing. That's my, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that about it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about your volunteers, Celeste. What do you hear from people regarding, you know, how how this work is fulfilling to them? I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. there's there's some good specific stories here and there, but either that or generally speaking, because um, I feel like I've gotten I've gotten a taste of of that satisfaction. But yeah, what do you hear from your volunteers? They are feeling a sense of purpose. They're learning and connecting with other people Mm -hmm. in other parts of the world. They become dear friends. It was someone they may or may not ever, there are groups that help a woman in Pakistan and they become dear friends and they have that connection though they've never met. They get to Mm -hmm. see the photos of it. Wait, that's the one I did from that fabric I got on sale. You know, they get to actually see it. <laughs> We've also seen, and, and by the way, in the contest for who has the most fabric days for girls wins because we are buying in bulk for <laughs> everybody to get discounted costs three hundred thousand yards at a time. Done. Um, <laughs> wow, that's mind-boggling. Yeah, but we don't get those points for about. Um, yeah. Variety. So I am playing with you. Um, it's true, but I'm playing with you. The, um, the thing is that we have had women that have said that for the first time in 10 years, they aren't on depression meds because they feel like there's something they mm, can do. Wow. We have had wow. um, people, one woman came into one of the volunteer chapters and came in and, with a group and she had recently had one of her arms amputated. 
And um, so she sat there and said, there's nothing I can do. I can't do anything here, but I came to support my friends and to rally and get out. And they said, no, sit down and put her in front of a serger. And she sat and (laughs) did surging. And and, um, they came and they had, uh, she had tears running down her face and said, I get it. Uh, This arm isn't going to stop me. That's so cool. And we've had. That's so powerful. Mm -hmm. Right. And one time I was with a group and I just spoken and a couple in the front row came up really excited. And they had a big bag of what we call liners, the absorbent flannel part of soft days, girls pads and big stack of them. And they were perfectly made. And I went, wow, thank you. And he goes, he goes, no, you don't understand. This is all she wants to do. Like if we're watching a movie, she's doing this. If we're doing something else, she's doing this. In fact, it (laughs) is more than a minute and a half that the machine has stopped humming, then I go to check to see if she's still breathing. (laughs) (laughs) It's fulfilling. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, I also think, I'm I'm assuming that a lot of your volunteers, do they sew, they batch sew these items. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. So maybe, Mm -hmm. I, I love that part of sewing. And I feel like, I don't know. I've, I've been able to do that in a couple of instances, like making things for craft mm-hmm. shows or, or things like that. And I feel like that's, that's a really underrated way to enjoy sewing. Yeah. It's very meditative. Zone out yeah. and do the same thing over and over again. And that in itself is satisfying too, I think. Mm-hmm. That your body gets that rhythm. Yeah, right? Exactly. And you can, and you've just got this. I, I watch in awe at the people that sew well with sergers, I do not have the skill. Do not have the skill. And no. I just watch and go, ooh, uh. <laughs> Yeah. We are, we're team serger over here for the most part, I think. We're, we love sergers. Yeah. I mean, I've had my battles with my serger, oh, you know. Of course. <laughs> Everybody. You know. Yeah. Just say, thank, thankfully, my fingernail grew back, but... Oh. <laughs> But I'll never, I wouldn't trade my surgery for anything. (laughs) I'll have to come over for lessons. (laughs) Oh yeah. Done. Celeste, can you tell us where Days for Girls is at and Mm -hmm. kind of where, where the organization is heading? Do you have plans on the horizon? Mm -hmm. We have so much growth happening even during COVID. Um, while volunteers couldn't get together as much, they literally mm-hmm. organized themselves to do drive-by pickup of fabric to oh, drop off for each awesome. other. Sometimes someone wants to specialize in cutting and someone else wants to specialize in doing one component and, and just coordinated this way to work together even during the shutdowns. Now they're starting to come back together And Mm -hmm. they're reaching a lot of refugees right now. So a lot of people who Mm, don't have anything, who now have pandemic issues, compounding, already very trying issues of some of the most marginalized people in the world. And they're rallying to reach like 40,000 at a time, combining their their abilities. So that's just amazing to watch. And in addition, we're also working on or seeing that the enterprises around the world. So these are women and men who are local in maybe Zambia and maybe Zimbabwe or Guatemala who are, or Haiti who are working and making days for girls kits early on. We in Zimbabwe 
uh, we had people volunteering when people said no one would do that in Zimbabwe. There's too much, you know, they're too close to the edge of survival. Mm -hmm. But a woman reported that she was getting on a bus, going to school and teaching the education and providing kits. And it's like, how are you doing that? Because we weren't sending funding for her. And she said, I just get my meals. And this woman was on antiretroviral uh, medications for HIV and literally was risking her life in skipping meals. Mm -hmm. The medication wouldn't wow. work. She's this beautiful, already very, very thin woman. And, and it was when we realized we needed to make it so they could do what they do for, would do for free, only be compensated. So today they make them and we can buy kits from them. And organizations that are local to them can buy from them. And they are the leaders, even during the mm -hmm. pandemic, continuing the rally as pregnancies wow. rose among young girls. And one of the reasons cited was mm -hmm. they didn't have pads. And so they would exchange pads mm -hmm. for uh, men offering that if they gave them sex, they would give them pads. Awkward, but truly happening. So these individuals were able to go mm -hmm. out and say, let's talk about what a period is. Let's shatter this shame. And here are days yeah. for those kids, so that doesn't happen anymore. They're able to continue that work and provide jobs and provide that leadership. So these two things are coming together in bigger and bigger ways. We're expecting to, in just the next couple of months, reach over 100,000 women and girls all over the world. So we're up to big yeah. things because of people who sew. Yeah. Oh, that is awesome. Well, let's let's make it easy for folks who want to get involved. What's the what's the best way as a volunteer sewist with some time and some energy and some will to do good in the world? How can and some fabric exactly <laughs> and, and fabric? We all have, have that. <laughs> fabric will travel, right? <laughs> they can join us through the website. Uh, daysforgirls.org and they can find chapters and teams that are near them. There isn't one near you. You could actually form one. Oh, yeah. You'll get the patterns. You'll know how to do it. There are exacting ways to make them. So they really do last for years and they're consistent all over yeah. the mm -hmm. world. So all of that's available to you. And by do, and you can follow us on Facebook, see the stories and the impact. We have a podcast. You can watch, um, listen to the stories there too. Awesome. Yes. It's huge what you can do. Terrific. Well, I, for one, am so inspired. This, this has been a lovely conversation and a good reminder of just how powerful sewing can be, I think. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, yeah, even I know I, say this after so many conversations. I mean, even last episodes, I was, I don't, this has been really, you know, inspiring to me. And I, it's yeah. like, it's just to know that you can, you can do something and just saying, you know, masks help you. Know, hopefully, you know, this pandemic will, will pass and masks will be a thing of the past. Sounded like a little rhyme, <laughs> but you know, these menstrual pads, that's, it's, that's not going away. Yeah. Like that's, mm -hmm. that's something that you can really continue in your sewing practice and always, you know, have, and even like locally, I'm just thinking what I can do, you know, yeah. locally in my community, how mm -hmm. I can, I can be of help serving. Um, I live downtown Toronto and, and I think that there's even just a lot I can do locally with this initiative. And, um, I, yeah, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and it's amazing. Mm -hmm. 
So yes, happy to have this conversation with you. It's a big deal what can be accomplished together sewing. I love that. Thank you so much again, Celeste. Yes, thanks again. Oh, that was such an amazing conversation with Celeste. I, I could have talked for so much so much longer. I just, I know. yeah, all the questions. I was just waiting to keep waiting. How can I get involved? How can I get involved? I, I even wanted to ask her that. Like, I just, I just knew even after her first sentence, I like, how can I help? And, and just... I've already, in our little break, I've already located the Toronto, like, uh, I think team that they, they call it and it's close to me and I'm drafting my email. Nice. I know. I kind of lost track of how many times during that interview that I got chills, you know, thinking about what we do and how we can use sewing for good. And it just, I got all the feels. I'm so inspired. It's just kind of amazing to to realize what we can do in this world. Yeah, and just it almost made me think like I I might start making this for myself. I have never been one to even really consider a reusable kind of menstrual um device. Oh my gosh, I just almost called it a device. <laughs> like yeah, an obs- yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess it technically is. It is yeah. like, you know, a tool. Uh but I think I'm going to start I just need to do more research. I yeah. I, on like materials, like specifically that the absorbent material. Mm-hmm. And I, I really am excited to dive into some research and not only to, you know, so more sustainably for myself and, you know, taking, uh, doing that for myself, but just really to get involved because that, it really got me through the beginning of the pandemic yeah. being able to just dive into, into helping. I need to kind of just get myself back and involved in that aspect. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Yeah, I think that even though I was not feeling, I'm not currently feeling very inspired to sew a bunch of masks again, this, that conversation made me feel a little bit better about that prospect, you know, and just remembering that it really doesn't matter. It really does make a difference. Um, no matter what it is you're doing. Exactly. Certainly the work that days for girls is doing is just super inspiring so inspired right now. Mm-hmm, I know. So speaking of inspiration and <laughs> we kind of at the beginning of the episode talked a little bit about what we're, you know, what we've been sewing, but yeah. uh, let's just dive into more of our sojo. So like really what's kind of inspiring our next make uh, aside from, <laughs> aside yeah. from um, menstrual products, but mm-hmm. yeah, what's your sojo right now? What's your kind of Next project, are you going to make another swimsuit or? <laughs> you know, I'm calling it my end of summer randomness. Oh, yeah. And I didn't really, I went the whole summer without having a list of things that I was going to sew. And then I finally just decided to to make a little list. It's just three things. They're totally random, but they're just things I didn't get to this summer. And I, ju- I don't want to like officially in my summer sewing without doing them. So um, one was the swimsuit bottom. Mm -hmm. I have another pair of shorts that I'm going to make also kind of seasonally inappropriate, but I'll, I'll wear them this fall. (laughs) Oh yeah. And I'm making another fanny pack and I, cause I, I bought, I did it backwards. I, I was like, (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to use a fanny pack. So I bought a store-bought one just to, you know, a little low stakes, yeah. just to see if I would use it. And I, I've used it so much this summer. So I'm going to make one. And I had, I had in my mind, I really, really wanted something specific. I wanted some 
like black acid wash denim fabric <laughs> to make my fanny pack. Like I, I clearly had a vision. I don't know what inspired it. it. movies called. They want I guess so. Well, I am seeing a lot of acid wash denim again. Oh, totally. It's so, it, yeah, yeah, I love acid wash denim. But you can't, you cannot find that yardage. So no, I went, no. I was going to try to find some secondhand and I struck out. So I ended up using some denim fabric that I have, um, I had in my scrap pile and I did some bleaching. So Ooh. I think it's actually going to end up being more 90s than 80s. <laughs> but it was a really fun process just to take my time and, try to figure out exactly the fabric that I wanted for it. But yeah, oh. totally random end of summer sewing. And yeah, it's it's bringing me some joy at the moment. I love how I, you tested out fanny pack life. I <laughs> did. Like, I like it. And now- no, well, I... <laughs> I had not, I'm not, I'm usually not that intentional, but I guess, you know, fanny pack, it was a little bit of a, a stretch for me, but mm-hmm. it really, it's, it's a good fit for my lifestyle. Do you wear it the cool, like the quote unquote cool way? You know, you do the over the shoulder or you do around the waist? I do a little bit of both, but usually <laughs> over my shoulder, but it's, it's handy. I don't carry a lot of stuff in my like mm-hmm. purse. So it, you know, it's good for quick trips and errands and stuff. And obviously for skating. You know, oh, right. That's, that's my lifestyle what, now. What pattern are you using now? I have fanny pack on. <laughs> um, it's actually it's a free pattern from Spoonflower. Oh, and it's, really? It's the one that I found that mimics the shape of my ready to wear one the most. So I'll try it out. I'll share the link in the show notes, and um, I'll let you know how it turns out. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Meg? What's giving you your sojo? Oh, well, I have been. I a, a Roscoe dress has been literally on my to sew list for two years. I think I think ever since we started this podcast, yes. you and Kate have been raving about this. We pattern. always yes, yes. And I've I had one cut out for literally three months. <laughs> it was cut, and I just I finally sewed it, and I'm already almost done. But last night I was already on my second one. <laughs> so wow, yeah. So it's it's working for you. It's working for me. The first one I made in this like lime green floral silk. And then the second one's more of like a, it's a white and green kind of more shirting fabric, more of a casual, casual one. But I'm just so, I just, the silhouette, I wore it to, I wore the silk one to like a barbecue over the weekend. It was just so nice. Did you post that in your stories? I did. I yes, saw did you, it. Yes. It was beautiful. Yes. Isn't it, it isn't was, it beautiful? I love that length too. I have oh, not. I've only done like the maxi length oh, and a shirt. Yeah. I like that length. It's, I, I'm obsessed with it. So I'm just really on my a Roscoe kick right now. I love it. <laughs> Get on yeah. board. Yeah. I Except I need to find, I'm on my second one and I need, to, I might try the, a different way of attaching the the neck binding and tie. I want to try mm. making them one piece. I know in the pattern, they're two separate pieces. You sew the mm-hmm. tie. And then, so yeah. I just, I've been a little bit the way that I, I don't know, they just turned out a little bit on the wrong side because they flip out a little bit when you wear them. I yeah. guess that's just, again, my perfectionism coming in. It's just, it's not as neat as I. <laughs> oh, I think you could totally make that one piece. Keep, and keep just, one piece. Yeah. And just keep the gathers in that part. Yeah. Of the, yeah. Um, neckband. Yeah, yeah, totally. Just measure the original neckband yes. and then just pin mark it. I think I'm going to try that next time. Totally. Um, I think it would work for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Well, if you need any more um, hacking ideas, let oh. me know. <laughs> <laughs> I know who to, I know who to call. <laughs> 
Well, let's talk so and tell. Um, we got a terrific question on oh, our yeah. stories on our so and tell podcast on Instagram. And the question is, what do you sew when you don't need clothes, but you want to keep sewing clothes? And like this question is literally on my mind all the time. So Meg, what's your answer? I just keep sewing clothes and I buy more hangers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that answer. I love that answer. Yeah. I mean, I know there is, I, I realize like in thinking about this question, like I really love sewing clothes. I, I just love sewing clothes. Yeah. And, but my thinking is, and I think it doesn't always work like this. Cause I think often I just sew more clothes for myself, but I think I do, when I get to this point, I tend to sew for my husband a little bit more. Oh yeah. Um, and that's been more of a recent thing for me. Yeah. I haven't, it's only been like a year and a half that I've been sewing for him, but he's got quite a collection of elastic waist pants mm-hmm. and shorts at this point. And I, I need to get a nice like collared shirt pattern. Oh yeah. And, and fit it to him and crank some of those out for him. But yeah, I think that's my answer. But yeah, I just, I do love sewing clothes. I don't know what it is about it. Mm-hmm. I think even a good workaround, I had that when I would had my alteration spree. I wasn't sewing brand new clothes from scratch, yeah. but I was kind of regaining clothes that were not in my wardrobe anymore because they, you know, needed to be fit again or there was a rip in them. And so that was kind of a little workaround that I did. So I'm still technically sewing clothes, but not from scratch. So yeah, I... So there, there was a hanger spot for them. I just kind of re-put them back on. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that too. That's a really good thing to think about too as the as we get closer to the season change and fall and thinking about what you want to be wearing in the new season. Yeah, I know. It's hard to think about it because we're in like total heat wave here. Yeah, but we are too. We are too. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, that was a terrific episode. Oh, I'm. That's probably yeah. going to be up there in one of my favorite episodes yeah, we've ever done. I can, I can tell. Um, just, yeah, reminding us how we can connect and do positive things with sewing. Oh, I think I needed that today. Yeah, I really needed that. I needed <laughs> something and that was yeah. it. just, yeah. Yeah. So, well, If you want more from us as our listeners, be sure to stay tuned on the Sew Daily Network on YouTube. We've got new episodes of Stitch Lab launching Mm. after every new episode of the podcast that comes out. So listen to this and tomorrow you can tune into a new episode of Stitch Lab. We're having so much fun over there um, with that series. And yeah, just keeping the learning going, keeping the inspiration going. That's, That's what we do, right, Meg? It's what we do. We, we try to do it. <laughs> we try to do it. We do it successfully sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. yeah absolutely. Well, I mean, if we inspire ourselves, then you know what? It's yeah. It's always a good sign that someone else will maybe be inspired too. Lovely chatting with you as always. As always. Mm-hmm. Till next Bye. time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> you fun. <laughs>
Answer the so-and-tell question, tell us your sojo, or just leave us some feedback. If you enjoyed our show, please subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. And please leave us a review, ideally a good one, because that helps listeners like you find our podcast. And tell your sewing friends about us, too. Thanks for listening, and happy stitching. Sew and Tell is a Sew Daily podcast and produced by Golden Peak Media. It's hosted and produced by Meg Healy, Amanda Carestio, and me, Kate Zeinard. Daisha Clay is our producer. Director of podcasts is Jared Mayer. Tiffany Warble is director of content. Kelsey Ratterman handles our marketing. And Andrea Lotz does all things digital. If you'd like more information on sponsoring or advertising on Sew and Tell, go to goldenpeakmedia.com.